Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. doing a half flame of light the fight full flame. <laughs> we're coming we're not just we're not we're not fighting with one hand tied behind our back we've got both fists out we're throwing big haymaker punches hey that's so, a that's a great way to explain it because i tell you what david when i don't have you i just i don't know i'm kind of sweaty well and i and let's face it in recent months i've been i haven't i've been pillow fighting not really fighting so <laughs> I've been just, I've just been patting at things, you know? So here we are both, uh, both, uh, members of the light, the fight, uh, team. I is David Kozlowski. And just for you, I is Heidi. How'd that, how, how'd that make you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking like that to cover up. See if I joke like that, people will think in the middle of the podcast that when I speak, completely backwards and screw up my words at the go. He's just joking again, but really I'm, I'm not, I'm just trying to get my vernacular and my words back in order again. Cause that's the one thing that, uh, or one of the two things I'm still struggling with after being sick for a while, but that's how I'm going to try to hide it. Just hide it in my just normal stupidity, bad humor. <laughs> well, it's, and we're on zoom again s- still yeah. actually. And so this is the first time that I've seen David in a long, in what feels yeah. like a, a long while. So I'm glad to see you up and fighting and I'm glad that I'm rolling and you guys, t- 2020, I mean, wow, it has just been like one thing after another. And it's just funny to talk to people because it feels like everyone I know has had like this thing and that thing. And it's just kind of feels like a, a club sandwich, man. It just <laughs> throw everything in there. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been something. Yeah. I mean, if, if, uh, if you guys have noticed that our posting and our hosting has been all over the place since the quarantine. Well, we're just trying to mirror your lives. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're welcome. You're welcome. There you go. Because we, we, we don't want to be better. See, if we were to do everything on schedule, on time, perfect. You got, we would shame you guys. Everyone would feel like you can't. That's you can't right. We wouldn't even be to able us. to relate. Yeah. So we're just trying to, we're just trying to relate <laughs> to everybody. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to downplay our perfection. So I wish that was that's, the case. That's, yeah. that's it. I tell you. I, I think Heidi and I both can agree. I mean, mine's obviously been the physical and stuff, but Heidi and I both, uh, as they say in Utah County, if any of you have ever had the pleasure to go to Utah County, um, our lives have been a little bit of a shiz show themselves, right? So <laughs> that's, that's what they say in Utah County, shiz show. See, we, don't, we won't even get the explicit mark on the iTunes podcast because I said shiz. See, that's right. We'll work around there. That's how it works. Well, yeah, 2020 has kicked our trash. 
You know, so we can throw all those things in there. <laughs> I apologize, everyone from Utah County. I am mocking a little bit. You know, it's funny. It's just a joke. <laughs> just playing. Well, I have been wearing my Don't Freak Out bracelet proudly. There you and, go. Um, I might even have to level up and like make a wood sign. Ooh. That says Don't Freak Out because I actually can't remember the situation exactly. You should make it say so- Don't Freaking Freak Out. or don't flip and freak out don't flip it um i was i was doing something oh i know what happened okay so talk about utah again the thing that we do you guys is go and get big huge sodas Mm. that's what we do here right and the quarantine has like brought out the soda drinking even more Right. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if Swig's. I don't know if Swig's been hurting during the quarantine. No, no, <laughs> they have not. And so, like, I had gone and I'd gotten myself like this thirty-two ounce Diet Coke that had like cranberry and coconut and lime. Like, it was deluxe. And <laughs> it's sitting. This is just like four days ago. It's sitting on the counter, yeah. and I turn around and just hit it, and the thing spilled and you don't know how much liquid is in there until you spill it right after you get it Mm. on the floor, all over the countertops. I was so mad. And Connor looks at me and she, he goes, mom, don't stab the balls. (laughs) (laughs) Touche Connor. Touche. So he really helped me keep it. Um, Keep it under if control. You're, if you're a new listener to Light the Fight, go back to Don't Stab the Balls episode so you can get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, you know, and those of you who are out-of-state listeners, um, what Heidi just described was basically the equivalent of a margarita with everything in it for people who live outside of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, that, that's like that's like one of those uh, um, micheladas, you know, those Mexican margaritas have like you know the beer, the limes, like they got a little bit of everything in there. So, um, well, I tell you what, we're happy to be back here. And um, one of the things we've done in the past, we've done um, you know some some episodes that kind of were such big um, episodes that were like these episodes that seem to have gotten lots of feedback, lots of comments. Um, people would give us lots of conversations and, and make requests and, for. And let's admit hey, it, it's the topics that actually Heidi needs the most, is really mm-hmm. what it turns out. And what, yeah. <laughs> the episodes that have made the most impact on Heidi's life, that's really what we <laughs> circle and, back around to. Yeah, no. And, and so um, we were thinking about it like, what's an episode that we got a lot of requests to do, a repeat episode, as we call it, a 2.0? you look back at the feed there's episodes will be like we did this episode then a 2.0 version of that and so Heidi went back into the vault and we pulled out a really really relevant topic and fortunately um not fortunately but just so happens that this week I've been talking to a lot of people about this topic and so um before Heidi introduces this topic we'd like to give a shout out and a, and a thanks to our community sponsor 1-800-CONTACTS who not just gives great contacts, they, they give great gifts if you're really sick and you're struggling. Because <laughs> uh, during the quarantine, my own personal quarantine of being sick, they, they're just, just, just sweethearts, just amazing people. So don't forget to get your co- contacts online, 1-800-CONTACTS, they will hook you up. And also, you know, if nothing else, get your contacts from them because they really do su- support 
communities, families, and the overall mental health and social health of just people in general. So we want to give them a big shout out. Yeah. So, so Heidi, why don't you introduce uh, this 2.0 lesson or not lesson, but episode, and then we'll uh, dive right in. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I was trying to think like how to really set this up. Um, and so I'm just going to go from the, from the really vulnerable place that this topic is. Um, I had an experience that really just happened today and, um, I was, I was hiking and where we, where we live right now, we're kind of like experiencing the, probably like the last moderate weather. I I don't know, 2020, what you're going to give us, but it, today was a beautiful day. It was a sunny day. I, um, I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, I would love to jump out on the trails. I called a friend of mine and, um, we kind of very spontaneously got out on a hike and in our conversation, um, just the direction it was going and the time, the topic that was happening, I had this moment where I realized where I got to see real change that's happened in myself. Um, I think that sometimes it's really hard to, to see um, the changes that happens in ourselves because it happens very gradually, oftentimes. Um, and I actually shared it with this friend that I was, that I was hiking with. And if I'm, if I were to go back now, almost six years when I first met David, um, when I, on, in my very first, maybe second conversation with David, um, and I was kind of still in that, like that mode where when I got in with David, um, kind of on my side, you know, he was meeting with Corey individually, but he'd also have me come in and I would just feel like I needed to tell him every thought that I'd had in my entire life and every experience that I'd had with Corey since the time he was born you, you know, just really trying to give David like every angle that he needed. Um, this, and, and I'm talking, I think this was visit number two. And I was telling David how afraid I was because Corey was just failing his classes and just struggling in school and hated school and didn't want to be there. And, um, I could not let go of this extreme fear that I had that Corey would not be able to graduate from high school and that he would not never go to college, let alone graduate from college, let alone hold a job. He's never going to hold a job. He's not, how is he going to support a family? You know, and I was so worried slash angry slash afraid about Corey's inability to support a family when I was looking at his 16 year old, 15 year old self, that it was causing me to look at Corey um, as a failed adult 
in this 15 year old body. And, and now, even when I say this out loud, it seems kind of intense, but I remember my dad saying things to me like, well, when back when I was a teenager saying things to me like, well, if you can't keep your room clean, how are you ever going to keep your house clean? How are you going to teach your kids to keep, to take care of their things? How are you ever going to be a good mom? You know, like, I think that I had been taught to live in this future unknown with the information that you had 10, 15 years before, like it's impossible. And um, I remember David saying this, this exact thing to me vividly. He said, Heidi, you got to get out of the time machine. And I was, I'm sure I looked at him like, what do you mean? Because I thought these, these worries and, and this, this extreme thoughts that I was in was very valid. Um, and he went on to teach me, and we're going to talk about this for a second, but the magical experience that I had today was as in this conversation, I realized that I don't do that anymore for my kids. I don't sit and try to foretell what they're not even foretell, but for imagine what devastation they have because of what they're experiencing right now. Like, and I also realized what a gift that is to myself and to my relationship with my kids that I don't, that I don't do that anymore. And um, so I had the opportunity to just kind of share that with this, this friend of mine and it, it was very eye-opening to both of us. And I thought, you know, this is what I want to talk about on the podcast again, because in this place where we are right now, where there is unknown and, and I'm not like, we can talk about unknown that you have, like every single person has unknown in a million different ways. We don't know what our kids are going to be like when they're five, 10 years. We don't know what our seven-year-old is going to be like when they're an adult, right? We don't, we don't know what it's going to be like in four years from now when we have another election, blah, blah, blah. Like the levels of unknown are so high um, that I just thought this would be very revel- relevant to remind all of ourselves how much of your brain you get back when you stop trying to live in that time machine. Well, I'm I'm very glad that uh, that you're able to recognize. Well, first of all, recognize you got to be able to do it first. I'm glad that you're able to just get to that point where you're like, man, like I don't have that that horrible habit of just jumping in a time machine, pressing 2031, go, and then warp speeding <laughs> right. 2031, and then go, oh my gosh, 2031, so horrible. Okay. Now I know I got to go back to the past to change my past because that's what's interesting about the time machine. It does go to the future and it does go to the past as well. And if you recall, what I said was, you know, in the last episode, I referred to this. It's if you've ever read a book on time travel, if you've ever seen Back to the Future, that's the most popular one. Um, What happens when Marty 
McFly, right? <laughs> uh, what happens uh, when he goes back to the past? He's got to be very, very careful because if he tinks or, tinkers around and he changes anything in the past, then it, if he messes, if he goes to the past, it messes up the future, the present. The present always changes if you go to the past. Then if you go to the future, you get information, or in this case, you get worries that you aren't supposed to have until the future. Like the unknown, of course, is much scarier than the known. People fear getting a bad diagnosis. You know, I use a horrible situation like cancer. Um, but there's a really, there's an important reason why doctors don't lie to people and tell them, oh, you're going to be fine. And then when the person walks away, they tell their loved one, hey, they only got three weeks to live. Like they don't, they don't lie to people. Right. Because the unknown could cause someone, let's say if you only had a month to live, and the doctor lied to you and said, oh, you know, we're, you know, looks like there's a chance. Look like, you know, we're figuring something else out. That person may be sitting there just in limbo waiting for a month to get better, not knowing if they would have had a month to explore and enjoy the rest of their life. They would have called friends, loved ones. You know, that's it's very important for us to be conscious and aware of what the present holds for us. And when we go to the future. Um, we take unknowns and then we build them into huge scaffoldings to try to see into the future. And when we try to see into the future, then we got to run back to the present. And then as soon as we come back to the present, we say, oh my gosh, we've got to protect ourselves from all these worries in the, in the future. So how can I protect myself? Let me go back again, the time machine to the past to reevaluate all the things I did wrong and collect all that information so I can bring it back to the present so I can prepare myself that the future doesn't have more bad things happening to it. When all that shuffle back and forth, back and forth, you know, it's not happening progress in the time that you're living in working on the things that you have right in front of you. And, you know, I, I wish this wasn't true, but you know, during the quarantine, a lot of people are, are so just you know, just dumbfounded by everything that's happening. It's almost like a, if you've ever heard this terminology, it's called punch drunk, where in boxing, someone gets, they're not knocked out unconscious, but they've been hit so many times in the face. Like they're just like, they're spinning, they're, they're, they're awake and they're conscious, but they really can't react. They're just, it's called punch drunk where they're just not really coherent, but they're still on their feet. And they're just, instead of moving out of the way, of the punches, they're just standing there. Boom, boom. If you ever seen Rocky Balboa, he blocked all the punches with his face. He just sit there and the <laughs> Rocky would just get punched in the face. And then the guy would eventually get tired of punching in the face. And then he'd start punching back. Right. Well, I think we're all getting tired of punching the face this year and we need to start punching back. But using that analogy, that metaphor, when you're punch drunk, it, it's easy to sit there and go, well, why is this bad thing happening to me? What could I have done in the past to protect myself from this? What do I have to do in the future to make sure it never happens again? Well, all the while there there's, there's precious seconds, minutes, hours that were being wasted that are being wasted today. Um, a little confession on my part. Um, since you know, I, you know, I was I was about as close to death as I've I've been in a long time in in my sickness, and I was scared. And since then, I don't waste nearly as much time. I've gotten more done in the past six weeks since I started coming out of this. It's taken about six weeks for me to even get this point right now, but some time in the past five to six weeks, I, it, it not being to full capacity, I've been really every moment with my kids, 
every opportunity I have to, you know, to work from home instead of being frustrated that I have to work from home, I'm taking advantage of it. It just, it's really helped me, you know, you hear those things like, you know, live in the present. Well, I realize what can happen if you go to the future and think about, I could die or this could happen. Um, it caused me to have a lot of anxiety. Um, I was having, you know, a lot of anxiety attacks, which was very humbling for me because in my mind, I'm like, I'm the person that helps people with anxiety attacks. I'm not supposed to have anxiety attacks. And I found myself having to check my EKG monitor on my Apple watch and my heart rate to make sure if, if I was really having an anxiety attack or if I was really needing to go to the ER again. And, it, you know, if I was living in the what if I'm going to die mode, which at times I was, then it caused me to not be able to stay grounded and be like at that moment where, okay, what can I do right now? I can breathe. I can meditate. I started getting back to some core root things that I teach people that I just wasn't even doing in my own life. And, you know, of course I went back to the past and like, man, why did I waste so much time getting in my own time machine and feeling frustrated that these other opportunities, these other things didn't work out the way I thought they would be or the way I thought they'd work out. Now, mind you guys, I teach people about the time machine. I felt like I had it pretty much under control and I didn't because when push came to shove, oh, I had the time machine under control if things weren't really hard for me. Right. When things got hard for me, it was, David, put your money where your mouth is. You tell people about this, but now you got to do it. And I had so much resistance. I wanted to believe that I was special. I want to believe because I talk about it every day and I have it permanently tattooed in my brain that it wouldn't be hard for me. <clears throat> I was wrong. It was still very hard for me. So in one sense, Heidi, you know, you're sitting here, man, I figured this out. And, you know, I, I, I'm just now returning back to that and figuring it out all over again. So my hat, I tip my hat to you, Heidi, because that's been the hardest thing that I've had to deal with recently is not getting in the time machine and not feeling like this isn't fair. You know, this isn't right. Like, I'm like, how can I almost be dying? Like a lot of people tell me that I can't die, that they still need me. So I should have the right not to die. Well, I don't have the right not to die. I got to fight to live. If I don't have fight in me, then, then what am I really living for anyways? And it reminded me that my life wasn't too comfortable in the sense that I don't feel like I was like taking advantage of having a good life. But I realized that I wasn't maximizing my good life. I wasn't doing everything that I could do with it. And so that's what I've been trying to do myself. So when you said you want to talk about the time machine, I was like, yeah, I've been talking about it a lot this past week. But I talked about it in confession when I was talking to my clients. I was talking about with them that I, I can understand why you want 2020 to be over with. And let's look at our phones. Let's look at how much time we've wasted on a day-to-day -day basis and see how long we can stare at that before we want to vomit. Because I think we're all, and don't get me wrong, I'm not judging everyone, but I think we're all guilty of just wanting to scroll our way through the day, hoping 2020 will be over sooner than later. I know Netflix, I know Disney Plus, and I mean, I, I like so many distractions in our day-to-day in our -day world has been a blessing because of this advanced technology has allowed us to, to have entertainment. And at the exact same time, it allows us to also get in the time machine and drift a little bit longer than we really need to. I think we realize this year is almost over and we're not in any better situation than we were when it started.
So if we can get out of the time machine and for everyone listening to this, they're going to have to figure out this in their own specific way, what things they, they need to just, you know, shut the time machine down on. Now I'm not saying let's not be extreme and, and think for a second. I'm saying, don't think about your past. I'm not saying don't think about your past. I'm not saying don't think about the future because obviously these are natural, normal and important things to, to visit. But time travel is not visiting something. It's not thinking about it. It's being lost in it. It's going back in time and really trying to dig up every little detail. But in, in one ways, this is a coping mechanism to help us not deal with the present. Because when we have hard work in front of us, you know, I'm raising my hand, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. It's really our natural, one of our natural coping mechanisms is for us to act like a teenager because we're all teenagers that just got older. Mm-hmm. We, we all just want to go, oh, this is hard. Ugh. Okay, well, what can I do to not have to deal with, I'll do the hard part later. Or even if I did a hard, I worked hard for 15 minutes. Okay, let, let me go back to some easy stuff. I've been on Zoom calls all day long. All right, let me just veg out on my own, my favorite video game. That's totally fine. But if we go in the time machine, then we're vigging out in the video game like we did when we were a teenager, <laughs> when we didn't have bills to pay, when we didn't have responsibilities. You know, I appreciate you sharing that. It's always interesting for me when you kind of confess yourself um, because I think, I think we do, I do. I think everybody looks at you as a therapist and anybody else who's the therapist and thinks, oh, well, they just always have the answers. And so they must have it all figured out. And so I appreciate you just being real about it because I think that life just has a way of serving up situations where we, where we have to dip into things that we've already learned in, in our life and pull them out of the toolbox. Um, Dust them off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and realize, okay, well, I've, I've experienced this before and I, I know a better way. I know that it can be done. Um, one of the things that I, that I hear said in my family in various contexts, and it's like, it's kind of like, um, why didn't you think of that? Why, you know, maybe you're in a situation and you didn't bring, a chair or you didn't bring a blanket or you didn't bring a sweatshirt or something like that. And you're like, why didn't you bring us, you know, why didn't you bring a sweatshirt? Then you wouldn't be cold or why didn't you turn in that assignment? And now that would be taken care of. I, th- I think that all of us kind of get blamey and dwell on, well, if you would have thought of this five weeks ago or last week or, you know, while you're at the store, when you remember, and we kind of get mad at each other for, if you would have done this back then, then we wouldn't be having this discomfort now or whatever. I think that it's important to remember that, okay, well, that's gone. And, and now here we are. Um, and not dwell too much on what, what was forgotten, what didn't go right, what, where the mess up was and say, instead we say, you know, it would have been nice or yeah, that would have been great if, I mean, I don't know if I'm explaining myself very, very well. 
And I'm trying not to say a specific <laughs> example that happened in my family recently where something wasn't thought through maybe very well. And so then there was um, a negative outcome. And then somebody was doing a lot of shaming for the thing that wasn't thought through very well. But frankly, sometimes you need the outcome to realize that it wasn't thought through in order to maybe do it better the next time around. And, um, and so I think that it's okay to have those conversations. Like, and like you said, visiting something that maybe could have done better, but if we can do that in a constructive way, then in a shameful way, then we can actually use that as a, as a, a learning nugget rather than in a shame giving nugget. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I was well, a little too obtuse there, but. No, it will. And, and that's what I, I, I didn't mention this before, but in back to the future and every time travel, I don't know why this is the narrative, but everyone I've ever heard of every time they go to the past or the future, something always happens to the time machine and it breaks and they get stuck there. Right. So that's what I meant to say when I said, it's good to visit, but time travel, I mean, think about it, Back to the Future. Can you think of any time travel movie where someone went to the past and they couldn't go, okay, that was great, and they jumped right back in, they went back to the present, and that was it? No, there always something happens with the time machine. It gets stuck in that place. <laughs> and that's like when we go down these rabbit holes and, and we get caught up in these scenarios. And uh, two people that I was talking to this week, it was a very similar situation that you were talking about, Heidi. These two people made very horrible choices in just the past month or two. And in, in their mind, they were visiting the time machine. They're, they're in the time machine of what they did in the past and it was broken. They couldn't get out of that. And the shame and the horrible feelings that they could never be forgiven and it's going to ruin. Then they go to the future and they say, if people find out about this in the future, it's going to haunt me, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, let's deal with it in, in the present. I gave them both. Here's what I'd suggest you to do. They say, okay. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, let's not bring up the old stuff, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, no one's even mentioning what happened right now. I think I'm just going to just like sit here and just hope it magically goes away. I'm like, so while you're thinking about the past, what happened every single day and how it could possibly destroy your reputation in your future, because they were both pretty serious things for these two young people in the future, while you're sitting here in bed, depressed, you can't even deal with day-to-day -day life because you're stuck going back and forth between the past and the future worries. Now I'm presenting a, an opportunity for you to do something within the present. You're saying, no, no, I, I'm just, yeah, it's, I'm just going to let it be. I had to take a pretty hard stand with both of these people. And I said, if you've ever trusted me, hear me now, listen to what I'm saying. Let me help you take action on this right now. And then I gave them a couple of scenarios of people that made the choice to just pretend it didn't happen. Because I think what happens is we get so exhausted from all the work it takes to go to the past, get stuck there, fix the time machine, go to the future, get stuck there, fix the time machine. By the time we get back to the present, we feel like we've worked a full day's work worrying. <laughs> it's and and you have. And so then we want to clock out and say, I'm, I'm I'm checking out for the day. I'm done. And then we go do our whatever our preferred drifting tactic is. For some people, it's video games. For some people, it's their favorite TV show, social media, news, uh, you know, whatever it is. Pick your poison. Everybody's got one, or at sure. least 10. Sure. <laughs> right? 
And we, so it's when we're tired, we feel like we need a reward from hard work. The problem with being in this time machine situation is that it's not work, it's worry. Now, right. worry, worry is, is exhausting. And it triggers the fight or flight mentality inside of our brain. And when our brain has something to worry about that we feel is existential to our survival and, and existence, then it takes that scenario and it puts so much energy into it as if it is life-threatening. When the majority of the time in your present day, you could do a lot to chip away at it to actually give you a better future and to put to rest the past. I forget where I heard it from, but um, someone had mentioned one time, I, I forget what context they said it, but it was something along the lines is that the best way to be forgiven for your past is to be really active in your present. Apologize today for the things you can't go back and change from yesterday. If you if you failed to, to be a good employee yesterday or a month ago or a year ago, work your you-know-it off today. If you're a bad husband last year, hey, the sun came up today, be a great husband today. And people always say, yeah, but you know, I've, I've ruined it. You know, I, I can't, I can't resurrect my reputation. You're absolutely right. You can't resurrect your reputation if you're not trying to. Yeah. There's no way. I love and that. And that Good. Well, I just love what you just said. And I, and when you said it's, Sometimes work. Sometimes you think when you're worrying, you're doing the work. Okay. Maybe you think that that's. I mean, it's exhausting you, and it's it's upsetting you. It's um, unsettling you, but it's not rect rectifying anything. Yeah. Um. And I want to share. I don't know why this example just came to me. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. So if you go to the Bible, if you think about the Bible and you think about um, right before Jesus was crucified, he had these two close friends, right? He had Judas and he had Peter and both of them kind of turned on him right there at the end. Um, Judas by kissing his cheek and letting them know that that's who it really was. And Peter, who kind of three times denied him, right? And what happened in the outcome was that Judas felt so horrible about what he had done and knew what he had done and hated himself for it and eventually took his own life actually. And then Peter who went to work as a disciple of Christ and asked for forgiveness and then showed up for Christ after he was gone and became a, became the, the greatest fighter for that situation. And I, and I know that's extreme and I was listening to a religious podcast yesterday and they talked about that. And I'd never thought of that before. Um, and in the, in the context of relationships, um, 
this is another meme that I just saw and, and this hit me kind of, and if you guys remember, if your listeners, if you remember when we had Georgia um, Anderson on the podcast, when David was down and out, um, she, she shared something on her social media just yesterday that said, don't worry if your kids aren't listening to what you say because they're watching everything you do. And that kind of just hit me there again. And to me, it kind of aligns with what you're talking about, about doing the work. You can say you're sorry. You can say you're not going to do something again. You can talk, 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 talk. But until you're actually showing up and not falling apart when the chips are down, not stabbing the balls, you know, not freaking out, working through problems and letting the people in your life know that the relationship is going to come ahead of difficult topics or um, opposing opinions and um, different ways of handling situations and being able to respect that and see that and manage that putting the relationship first is always going to be extreme amount of work. Um, and I, and to be completely honest, I think staying out of the time machine is work. Staying here present and dealing with the situation, like you said, not surfing is work. Um, having a sense of humor is work. <laughs> And um, that's where the paycheck is, though. When you do the work, you get paid. When you do the worry, there's no paycheck. Right? In fact, it's credit carding. It's building debt, that's for sure. Which, you know, you know, maybe we could talk about this, uh, you know, maybe next time or whatever. But, um, you know, my, my main concern for people that, and, you know, I, I, include, I include myself in that, is that um, when, when using this metaphor of the time machine, if we're going back and forth to the future and to the past and constantly worrying, and then we feel completely worn down and tired as if we put in an honest day's worth of work because our energy has been exhausted just like we did in a long day's work, just without the return, no paycheck, like you said. Um, my concern is that, you know, over this time, you know, people have taken things in their day-to-day life that let, let's give, you know, people um, credit, like for those of us before the pandemic that just for pure entertainment, um would you know whether it be video games social media again pick your poison board games crossword puzzles whatever right um when we start to go in the time machine when we start to do more worrying instead of work um something crosses over from entertainment to addiction and that can be behavioral addiction that could be an actual addiction addiction but the one thing that behavioral addictions like, you know, cell phones, video games, what have you, and drugs both have is that, you know, you're not addicted to a substance, to a, a social media platform, a video game or anything like that. 
in, until you really start to use that to relieve emotional distress. And, and that's why some people can, you know, they can have a drink every now and then. And um, it doesn't affect their, their day-to-day life. It, it doesn't cause them any dysfunction. Um, that's why some people can, you know, use social media for personal business, whatever. Um, some people can play video games for fun, entertainment. But when we start to, to use that for like as our main coping skill for um, extreme stress and worry, that's when it starts to, to tilt over to the edge of, hey, this could become something we become dependent upon. Um, you know, and I don't blame people who, let's say, are addicted to video games. And when parents come to me, and you know, this Heidi, when parents come to me and say, hey, my child's addicted to this video game. I'm like, I get it. Video game. You can work really hard on it, pass a level and says, congratulations. You know, it, it taps into parts uh, of us as a human being when we don't feel like we're winning in life that, you know, it's, it's hard to win with friends. It's hard to win with at work. And gosh, who doesn't want something that they have a high probability that they can just do every day and get good at? Problem is, is it doesn't really, like you said, there's no paychecks on these things. You know, it's not necessarily something that's that's giving us something in return. And so for all of you that are listening, you know, it's up to you. I mean, I, I can't judge you. No one can say, hey, you know, you're 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 in the time machine so much that you're just checking out of life. You're checking out of your responsibilities because the argument's always there. It's like, why well, just do these things for fun, just for entertainment? And are you still doing it just for fun and entertainment or are you also doing it? for severe emotional relief because that's where alcohol drugs video games whatever have you that's where these things that's when they start to tilt over to hey this is something that you're doing and you're using versus hey this is something that you're depending upon and you found that it can relieve something else that it wasn't really meant for and i i I heard the saying by this one doctor he said he goes doctors and this is just hear me out i don't want anyone to be like take this to the extreme they said doctors prescribing a pain medication to someone doesn't make the person addicted to it it's when the person starts to say wow this makes me feel so good that i could use this to relieve my emotional distress not just the pain of my surgery not just the pain of my toothache or whatever it was intended to use it really had there there comes a point where and, and I, I've struggled with addiction in my life, both substances and behavioral addictions. And, and I, I, I asked myself, honestly, like, that's so true because I wasn't addicted to something until I realized, wow, it makes me feel good physically, but I could also use that for my mental and emotion, you know, pain as well. And mental and emotional pain, that's why there's so many songs out there that says dying of a broken heart, the breakup pain. Is because it's 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 not the same as a broken bone, but man, some would argue it's even worse in some in some cases. So I just want to let you guys know that being in the time machine, oscillating back and forth, doing excessive worry, excessive worry without making a lot of progress in the present, can really set us up for taking good things in our life that were just meant for entertainment and meant just to kind of have a little break from our job. It can easily start to tilt that in the direction where if we're not careful, it can start to lead to some dependencies and that become our main coping mechanism versus staying in the present, putting in the work. And I want to just add to that. In my situation, you know, with Corey, 
I, I kind of like was missing the point of enjoying having a 15 year old and trying to have like a screwed up 25 year old, <laughs> you know? And um, I think that if I could say anything to anyone listening, it's enjoy your people. Your, if you're a parent, enjoy your children where they are right now. Enjoy the nuances. Enjoy the, the problems. Enjoy the challenges that they have right now because it's going to change, you know, and um, really quickly, one of the things that, that you've taught me, David, and it kind of ties in with um, the time machine concept. And, and you, you've said to me many times, you know, now is not forever. And a mom who's in distress with a child in a situation that is uncomfortable. And I say mom because I'm a mom and I know, but I know there's dads. I know that there's other situations. So I'm speaking from my own situation. That moment of time, which might be six months, it might be three weeks, it might be two days, that feels like it's so, so much magnitude that it feels like this is going to be like this forever. I am here to tell you that whatever your now is, it's not, it's not forever. And that there are things in your life right now that are wonderful, golden, fabulous. Find those things and enjoy them rather than jumping into those future or into that past, trying to like put buffers up. Um, and I speak from just such a place of knowing what that's like and a place of knowing how much better it is to just be and appreciate what this moment offers. Um, it will bless your life. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Heidi. And while you're talking, I don't know why I had this thought in my head. <laughs> but uh, I was looking at um, a picture from a long time ago when I was younger. And I was looking at this haircut that I had. And I remember at that time, I thought that was the coolest haircut in the world. <laughs> I was like, that was the baddest haircut ever. Like, that was it. And I would never have that haircut again. <laughs> so to illustrate what Heidi just said, now is definitely not forever because if you think now is forever, 10 years from now, you look, you may look back at your haircut right now. Like, what was I thinking? Like, or that outfit that you chose, like you thought was so cool. Like you wouldn't even like, you, you'd like donate it to the Salvation Army now. Right. So definitely in a comical way, now is definitely not forever. Right. And thank heavens. Right. Thank heavens. Thank heavens. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Cause I was just, I was like, you know, like how, why did I think that haircut was cool? Like what was wrong with me? <laughs> Only David well, back then, like these extreme connections to his hair. You guys. Only David. Well, back then it was in, it was in, it was cool back then. Now we cut dead with that hairstyle. So there you go. <laughs>
Oh, you guys. Uh, it's It's been good, David. It's been good to be back with you. Um, it's Likewise, just been a, a long time since we chatted and just felt good to talk about that and just remember and reconnect. And um, so thank you for, for being here. Thank you all to our listeners for being here. And um, dang, I hope that you'll take a listen and I hope that you'll just evaluate where you're at on your, what, what is the thing that's, what's the thing called in Back to the Future that. Oh, the, uh, um, it was the, oh gosh, it was the, the, the part of the machine, right? The, uh, yeah, I oh, can't remember shoot. what it's called. I know exactly <laughs> the conductor, the crazy mad scientist guy, the, um, gosh, someone's going to bring oh, what is it's it, It's right on I'm, the, I'm to, I know. <laughs> Anyway, I should know this. I've seen that movie a thousand times. <laughs> the and there's memes about that too. Anyway, yeah. Totally. Our, list, anyway, our listeners just, are sitting there just screaming it at us, going, "You yeah, it's, it's this." <laughs> the just space think about time continue. Yeah, whatever. Where you are on that thing, you know what I'm talking about. Make sure that your dials are I on. I do today. have the I do have the Back to Future bangs though. The floppy bangs after the grease comes out of his dad's hair. So I got that going. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, growing, I'm oh, growing my hair out a little bit. I always got to bring it back there. I'm growing my hair out a little bit. So. Oh, flux you guys. capacitor. The flux capacitor. Flux capacitor. Leave it to Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. And the DeLorean. I remember Ed. I thought that was the coolest car in the world. What? The DeLorean. It was. So everybody just check your flux capacitor. Make sure that you're here, <laughs> no matter how crazy the twenty twenty is. Yeah, unplug your flux capacitor. Do not do not use it to go back to the future. <laughs> oh, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for um, telling anybody about this who may need a little time machine check in. And thanks to one eight hundred contacts. And thank you for listening. And thank you for helping us to light the fire.